But let's go Revelation chapter 12, verse 7. There was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. And prevailed not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan. Does that mean there's two of them? Let's hope not. No, that word and means even. Which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. What we are reading here will happen in the future. It will be a time when... Oh, and I want to say... Thanks for all of our friends and guests coming today. We're glad all of you are here. And Ben and DJ from the city, St. Louis, the neighborhood, known as Skinny Benny, and I'm known as the Rev. Okay, so there was war in heaven. This is going to happen in the last days. Now, I want you to notice the descent of the devil. He starts out in heaven as Lucifer. He has five I wills. I will exalt myself above the most high. I will be like the most high. I will, I will do this. I will do that. Five I wills. Boom, bang. He gets knocked out of heaven. He becomes what Paul calls in Ephesians chapter six, the prince and the power of the air. And now we see that this is during the last days and tribulation that there's going to be war in heaven and it's going to be Michael and his angels against the devil and his angels and Michael is going to win and the devils were, are going to lose their place of position as a prince in power of the air and they are going to be cast to the earth. The Bible says, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth because the devil has come with fury and with wrath. The devil wants your hide. The devil wants your marriage. The devil wants your spouse. The devil wants your children. The devil wants your health. He wants your money. He wants your allegiance. He wants your praise. He wants your worship. Oh, but Brother Tracy, I'd never be a devil worshiper. No, not in America. We don't just have devil worshipers. We don't have witch doctors in villages like they do in Africa. We don't have a lot of uh, human sacrifices and all of this business that we know about or that's publicized. But we also have gods of entertainment and sports and business, and dollars, and Wall Street. We have our own gods that we worship here. Anything that takes our attention away from serving God with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength becomes a deity to us. Oh, it's going to be a good one today. It becomes a deity because it steals my adoration and my attention away from serving the one true God. It takes my attention, it diverts my allegiance away from Him onto this. 
And I will say this, and please take this kindly and with love. But listen, the devil wants your mind. He wants to get in your thinking. He wants to get you to lay out a church. Because he knows if you don't take your car by the gas station and put gas in, you're going to run out of gas. So if you don't come to church and get some Holy Ghost gas in you, you're going to run out of Holy Ghost gas. Then you can't go anywhere and you're stranded by the roadside and what a hopeless feeling. How many of you like being stranded by the road? I was driving back through from Hagerstown the other day and I topped over a little knoll in the road and I remembered when Mitchell was about 18 months old my mom and dad came out and we had to haul a love seat over to a, a rental property and it was in his truck and he said I don't have much gas I said it ain't that far we'll be all right we got over there and we unloaded the, the sofa and on the way back to Vandalia we ran out of gas he said, I told you I didn't have much gas. I said, it'll be all right. That was before cell phones. So you got to sit and you got to wait. And you're at the mercy of someone else. And when you run out of gas spiritually, you're at the mercy of the devil. And when you run out of gas spiritually, your mind is not sharp and, you're, and the answers and the word in you is not crisp and clear. And so today we struggle in our minds. We have been given time, T-I-M-E. Time is simply a lease for us. It is a lease period given on this earth to where we get ourselves ready for eternity. It is a time and a period of, of uh, minutes and seconds and hours and days and weeks and months and years that we come together and we prepare ourselves. But guess what? There are people in this room today who are struggling. We are struggling in our minds and we are trying to figure out what is right and what is wrong. We are trying to figure out how in the world can I get this done and that done. We look at the church and we want to live for God, but yet it seems like there's so many obstacles to get through that it's so hard for me to get to Him that it's not even worth the fight. And so we wonder what's going to happen. I'm talking to people in this room who have been through the struggle You've been through other situations. There are people today that have been hurt by churches and hurt by pastors and ministers and ministries. There are people sitting in here today who have been excommunicated, as you would say, from their churches that they maybe grew up in or were a deacon in or whatever. You know, life is not fair and people aren't going to always do the right thing. We sit here today with people right now who cannot pray for themselves. There are people that are struggling that we, you cannot pray for yourself. You cannot make the right decisions. And the devil is pressing on all of us to compromise. And he's pressing on all of us to get, just give in and give up. It's much easier not to come to church. Can I get a witness? Where are you? Can, is it true? Is it easier to stay at home? It's easier to sleep in late, put some water on your hair and what has you got left of it? Put it down, put a pair of swimming shorts on, go out and get in the pool and just sit there in the pool for hours and let the sun go by and time go by rather than just try to get kids ready for church and get them ready and dressed and make sure their teeth are brushed and they're fed 
and we got, we're going to be there till 1 o'clock. You know how the pastor is, and he's killing us and all of this stuff. And, you know, it's just easier to sit in the pool. But it might be easier to sit in the pool now. But what's going to happen a hundred years from now when the pool water has evaporated and I'm no longer in this body, I'm no longer in my flesh, and now my spirit man is alive and well and existing somewhere in eternity. We do not just die and go to sleep, friend, and it's all over, but we will live forever and ever somewhere in eternity. And we have been given a lease on life today, and we have been given a lease on life in the kingdom that we have to make the right decisions. We have to make the right choices. We have to realize that we're in this for keeps. Not only for myself, but I've got people watching me. And I've said it before. You walk into Walmart and people look tired. People look worn out. People look weary. People are exhausted. Technology was supposed to help us and it's just made our lives even more of a rat race. Email and fax and text and calls and cell phones. Used to be you had a phone at your house and the lady at the switchboard would pop the plug in there and then listen to what the other person was telling you. But now everybody has a cell phone. In my living room last night, I'm watching two guys. One's on an acoustic guitar and one's on drums. And they got to stop practicing so they can look down at their and text while they're practicing. Can we not get that out of your hand for an hour and have a dedicated move of a practice here? But you see, technology, and we are being rocked to sleep. We have 500 channels or thousands of channels of television, and really there's nothing to watch. But it burns up our time, and it consumes our time. And that time that we could be teaching a Bible study, we're watching Lucy. That's what I haven't told you yet in Bible study class when I've been talking to you and teaching you and training you. That you're going to have to be forced to take an hour out of your week and teach a Bible study. You're going to have to be forced to take time away from your TV time to teach a Bible study. You're going to have to force yourself to do it because your flesh isn't going to want to do it. Listen, there's nothing good that dwells in our flesh. Nothing good is in our flesh. I try to be a good pastor. I try to be a good Christian. I try to be a good husband. I try to be a good man of God. I try to be a good father. I try to be a good just whatever, a good old boy. Where's Rob? Old boy. Ain't even in here. I try to be an old, good old boy. But guess what? I still have flaws and I still have weaknesses and I still have trouble. And if we allow it to, the devil's going to cloud our minds and he's going to pull us out of church because it's war. This means war. You and I are in a war. Those of you who have been in other churches and either been just changed because it was time to change or you were forced to leave, let me tell you, my hat is off to you because you have the tenacity to realize that you still have to be in the house of God. I said to that man that sent me that text, I said, what you've got to realize is you have other people watching you. And whatever you do, whether you do this or whether you do that, you're teaching. When you lay out a church, you're telling your kids, if you have kids, it's okay to miss church. 
And then the problem is when Billy Bob is 14 and he's at a party with his junior high school friends and the police come in because there's underage drinking and he's got pot on him, then you're going to wonder what is going on. The problem was the foundation was not laid to say we've got to be in the house of God. We're talking about war. We're talking about war. You're going to have to fight for every inch of what you're getting. You're going to have to fight for every inch of the way. You're going to, if you want a miracle, you're going to have to fight for your miracle. If you want blessings, you're going to have to fight for your blessings because the devil is down on the earth and he wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy us. He wants to wipe us out. He doesn't care how ugly it is. He doesn't care how bad it looks. He doesn't care about any of that. He's in the mode of deception. He's been deceiving for thousands of years and he knows just how to do it. A lot of our problems right now today were birthed months and weeks and years ago. But it took all that time to get to right here. It took all that time to wake up and realize, Oh, my Lord. Anybody ever had one of those Oh, my Lord experiences? When you realize, Uh-oh, it's, it's too late. As long as there's life and breath, it's never too late. Because God can do anything when we allow Him to do it. Amen? But we are all struggling. And the devil wants us to throw in the towel. And he wants us to give in. We have to remember this. That we have to be like the prophet and his servant. When the servant went out to get the morning newspaper, that was before he had Wi-Fi in his cottage, he looked around and they were surrounded by the Assyrian army. Chariots and soldiers and footmen and spears glistening in the sun. And the servant went back to the man of God and he said, We are surrounded. There is no hope. And the prophet simply said, Lord, open up his eyes. And when the servant went back and opened the door, on the other side of the soldiers and the footmen were the armies of heaven and the angels of the Lord. We have to realize that if we continue to fight and we keep our eyes open, that God has an army surrounding our enemies. That when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says He led captivity captive and He gave gifts to men. Everything that would hold man captive, Jesus took it on the death of, his, of the cross and said, You're mine. You can't do anything else because I have surrounded you. I have led captivity captive. So that thing that holds you back is the choice of yours that it holds you back. Because on the cross and the victory on the cross, there was freedom that was bought that day. And now we as men and women of God are in a war, and I mentioned this in the early session, what we experience on this level, what we experience on earth, is a result of what has happened in the heavenlies. Well, how do you know that, Brother Tracy? Well, that's easy. 
because there wasn't a virgin birth until Gabriel had, was sent. And Gabriel first was sent to Elizabeth, and then from Elizabeth he was sent on to Mary six months later. Gabriel had to be sent. So what happened in the heavenlies is then what happens on the earth. And now we as men and women of God are in a war, and I mentioned this in the early session, what we experience on this level, what we experience on earth is a result of what has happened in the heavenlies. Well, how do you know that, Brother Tracy? Well, that's easy. Because there wasn't a virgin birth until Gabriel had, was sent. And Gabriel first was sent to Elizabeth, and then from Elizabeth he was sent on to Mary six months later. Gabriel had to be sent. So what happened in the heavenlies is then what happens on the earth. There was war in heaven. And there's war in heaven every day that you get up and you try to live for God. There is the clashing of swords and shields. There is the clashing of spears and bucklers. There is the clashing of armor. Hallelujah, because the devil wants to destroy you. He wants to wipe you out. He wants to take you down. And there is a war all the time. Every time you come to church, there's a war. How is it you can get up and you can go to school and you can go to work and nothing happened, and then you decide to go to church and the car won't start and you get a flat tire and the kid, you just got the kid cleaned up and he's in a white suit and he goes out and he rolls in the dirt. So then when you get ready to go and get him in the car, there is old Junior. He's in his white suit full of dirt. I'll never forget I was down in East Texas preaching a town called Liberty, Texas years ago. And the pastor's son was about two years old and they, his, his mom had dressed him up in a sailor's outfit. You know, the little blue thing and the white and all that. The thing is that she wasn't watching and the old boy went outside. I watched him go outside. I was just a young teenager, young old teenager, early 20-something. I wasn't thinking about anything. You don't think about kids at that age. you know. You just, uh. And by the time she got out the door, that kid had fell and rolled in the dirt, and that white suit was all dirty. But you try to live for God, and you try to do what's right, and everything goes haywire, wire, because there's a war going on. And you're going to have to buckle down and just keep coming to church and just keep fighting your way through. And God is wanting you to engage in the war. God is wanting you to take your position, and you take your place in the Spirit and begin to fight what the devil is trying to put on you. Stop laying down and letting the devil roll over you. Hallelujah. Now watch this. Stop getting mad and offended. Stop getting mad. Stop getting offended. Stop getting bitter. Stop taking all of that mess and putting it in your backpack. Stop carrying all that hurt around. Stop carrying all that anger around. Stop carrying all that bitterness around. 
You're trying to fight the good fight. You're trying to walk with God. How can you walk with God when your backpack is full of anger and bitterness and offenses? Well, Brother Tracy, you don't know. I know I don't know. But the Lord said, and blessed is he who is not offended in me. You're going to live life and walk on this earth. There are going to be people that are going to offend you. There are going to be sinners that will offend you. There will be Christians that will offend you. There will be bosses that will offend you. There will be pastors that will offend you. Your your mom's offended you at times. Your dad's offended you at times. Your siblings have offended you at times. But you don't stop going to their house for Sunday dinner. You don't stop going to their house. You don't stop going to family reunions. You keep right on going. And they offend you. But why is it when someone offends you at church that you stop going to church? Because the devil doesn't want you going to church. He doesn't care if you go to family reunions to see Aunt Noni and Uncle Noogie, Aunt Lena and Dot and Peach and Fluffy and Butch. But the devil doesn't care if you go see Noogie and Lena and Noni and all of those people. But let somebody offend you in the house of the Lord and I'm never going back there again. Why not? Because the devil's pinching your hiney. And he's saying, can you believe they'd offend you like that? Can you? And then you just put up with all that drama in your family and all that mess in your house, but you won't do it in the house of God. That's why the Lord said, blessed is he who is not offended in me. You've got to be careful in this warfare that you do not let envy get a hold of you, that you do not let bitterness get a hold of you, that you don't let offenses get a hold of you. Hallelujah. And God knows you better not let gossip get a hold. And it's so amazing of how many of us are so wounded. But we never allow the Lord to come in and help heal us. We never allow the Lord to come into our lives and sit down and sup with us and take care of us and pour oil and wine in the wounds and bandage, bandage us up and make us all better again. But when we are offended, it will affect every area of our lives when we are wounded it will affect every area of our lives we will always go back to that past hurt and we always remember the pain inflicted but the question is do you get better from it or do you get bitter from it do we learn how to take the offense and say you know what god just used that as a catalyst to move me into the next level that he had for me God just used that to move me in to the next thing that he had purposed for me. And let me also say this, just like your family, the church isn't perfect. But our family offends us and we just keep going back. And they're not perfect. And guess what? The church is not perfect either. And guess what? The church never will be perfect. Why not, Pastor? Because the church is made up of us who are not perfect. And you will never find a church anywhere in the world that is perfect. But listen to this. Mark this down. Highlight this in your notes. It's much more perfect 
than the world. That's what I thought about it. It was good. I'd rather be here and have all the problems that we have than to spend last night or early this morning hugging a toilet and puking my guts out or finding and waking up with somebody I didn't even know who they are or how they got there or what in the world happened. Or better yet, waking up in a cell with bars around you all over and all these strange people in there and you look and you've got bruises and cuts all over you because you got a little crazy and they took the old club to you. Did a little clubbing last night. Oh, the church is so much better than out there on the street. Yeah, we've got our problems and yeah, we've got weaknesses. But the church is here and the devil hates the church. But the church is still going to be here even after the devil's gone. Amen? I'm almost finished. I know you can't believe it. God's got a plan. God has a purpose. God has a way. God has victory for each and every one of you. But the devil's trying to put wedges of doubt in there and wedges of dissension and wedges of I'm too busy for church and wedges of I can't make it tonight to prayer meeting. You know what was awesome here Wednesday night is that a lot of the people that are usually here on Wednesday nights was here for prayer Wednesday night. Can I be honest with you? Honestly, can I say this to you? Huh? Honestly, can I be honest? I, here's what I was thinking. I wonder how many people are going to lay out on Wednesday night because it's just prayer. Well, why is it that we all want to come to a potluck, but we don't want to show up for prayer? You know, why is it? What in the world? You know, it's the same premise. Why, why can't I get up at 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning to pray because I just hit that alarm and snooze and snooze and snooze. Finally, I just shut it off and roll over. But if you say, we're loading up the boat and we're bass fishing at 5 a.m., man, I'm up early. You know why? Because my flesh doesn't want to pray. Because my flesh would rather go bass fishing. And so would yours. Maybe not bass fishing, but you want to go to the mall. You want to engage in retail therapy. But Jesus said, this is only going to happen by much fasting and prayer. It's only going to come about when you sacrifice. It's only going to come about when you fight the war and fight the battle. You're in a fight. You're in a fight. And the closer we get to the last days, the more difficult it's going to be to live for God. So you might as well suck it up and get to being a soldier or turn in your badge and your weapon at the door when you leave. Because it's not going to be easy living for God. There's going to be times when, you know what, you want to go do something else. I remember one time, this has been years ago, we had tickets to the hockey game. Now watch this. We had tickets to the hockey game. This is the mid-90s. The Pittsburgh Penguins are playing the St. Louis Blues. Raised two hours south of Pittsburgh. I'm a Penguins fan. Hey, everybody's got problems. And it was during the, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and they announced on this night, we have to have Christmas play practice. I said, are you kidding me? 
And I was a sound man in charge of sound and special effects. And I said, no, surely this has been a misprint. It wasn't. It was a Tuesday night or a Thursday night. I don't even remember. That night, Benny, Mario Lemieux did a hat trick. You know where I was? At church. You know what it's good for now? It's good for an illustration now. Doesn't really mean too much now, but it hurt back then. But I made up my mind 30 years ago that I was committed to the kingdom and I was going to work the kingdom and I was going to do whatever the kingdom asked me to do. So sometimes you might miss a hat trick. For those of you who don't know what that is, that's he scored three goals in one game. Okay, that's a hat trick. Just That doesn't happen very often. That's kind of like a grand slam. All right, so there it is. So here you are. We're fighting. It's a struggle. But we're coming out of darkness into the light. We're moving back into the kingdom. We're growing. We're fighting. It's a war. There's going to be days you don't want to come to church. There's going to be days you don't want to answer my text. There's going to be days you want to call me and cuss me out. Hallelujah. That's okay. You can do it because I've heard them all before. I'll just say, oh my. Didn't realize you had a handle on the... English vocabulary or profanity that way. Do what you got to do. But you're in a war. It's a fight. 52 years. 52 years. You still smoke free? I know you will be. You'll be that way in a month. You'll be that way next year. You know why? Because it's here. And it's here. Why is it... My wife is saying to me, we're going through a situation and there was a, there's a person involved in it. And you know what? I'm like, I've just pulled back and said, I can't help them anymore. They've got to, want, they've got to have the one to. And my wife's like, oh, but we've got to do it. I said, they've got to have the one to. You've got to want to stop smoking after 52 years. You've got to want to stop being all tied up in your mess of sin. You got to want to stop all that junk. I can't help you if you don't want to be helped. God can't help you if you don't want to be helped. Are you telling me that God is God and He can't help people? Go back in the book and the Bible says that He could do no miracles in Nazareth because of their unbelief. But the same God went down to Capernaum and turned Capernaum upside down. They were in awe of His Word because His Word went forth with authority. And many with diseases were healed and those that had unclean spirits were delivered. But in the town prior to it, nobody listened to Him. Oh, this is just Joseph's son. You know the story about Joseph's son. Joseph said he's really not his. I think there's a little hanky-panky going on. I think there's a little problem here. You know? That's just Joseph's son. But there was something in Capernaum. It was called hunger. It was called desire. It was called tenacity. It was called doing whatever you got to do to get the job done. 
And that's where we're going to have to be in the kingdom today. We're going to have to be in the kingdom to do whatever it takes to get the job done. Don't let the devil mess with your thinking. Don't let the devil mess with your mind. Don't let the devil mess with you. The weak areas in your life, and you know everybody has weak areas, and you know what they are, stay away from them. Stay away from them. Why do you want to go over there? If you have a problem with cheeseburgers, don't go to McDonald's. Come on. If you got a problem with pornography, don't get on the internet and play strip poker. Come on. Lord, have mercy. It's like being allergic to peanuts and buying a case of Jif. You're allergic to it. It's going to mess you up. So why are you even playing with it? Why are you even dealing with it? First John says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You can't love the world and love the Father. You can't love the Father and love the world. You can't do both. That's where you get in trouble. That's why we got to have strong men and women of God here. Men and women that you know, I'm going to be here on Wednesday. I'm going to be here on Sunday. I'm going to be here on Tuesday night. I'm going to be here on prayer meeting. I'm going to be here for food pantry. I'm going to be here for angel food. And pastor, I'll be here on work day. If you want me to unroll plastic under the sanctuary, I'll unroll plastic under the sanctuary. I will be here. And that's where we're going to have to be in the kingdom today. We're going to have to be in the kingdom to do whatever it takes to get the job done. Don't let the devil mess with your thinking. Don't let the devil mess with your mind. Don't let the devil mess with you. The weak areas in your life, and you know everybody has weak areas, and you know what they are, stay away from them. Oh, yeah. Stay away from them. Why do you want to go over there? If you have a problem with cheeseburgers, don't go to McDonald's. Come on. If you got a problem with pornography, don't get on the internet and play strip poker. Come on. Lord, have mercy. It's like being allergic to peanuts and buying a case of Jif. You're allergic to it. It's going to mess you up. So why are you even playing with it? Why are you even dealing with it? 
First John says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You can't love the world and love the Father. You can't love the Father and love the world. You can't do both. That's where you get in trouble. That's why we got to have strong men and women of God here. Men and women that you know, I'm going to be here on Wednesday. I'm going to be here on Sunday. I'm going to be here on Tuesday night. I'm going to be here on prayer meeting. I'm going to be here for food pantry. I'm going to be here for angel food. And pastor, I'll be here on work day. If you want me to unroll plastic under the sanctuary, I'll unroll plastic under the sanctuary. I will be here. I appreciate you. Patience. Listen to me rant and rave. You come to church and get abused like this? Thank you. Because when we're on the other side and you're across on one side of the street of gold and I'm on the other, you're going to say, thanks, Pastor. I'm going to say, Tracy likes this. And if we just hang in here long enough, somebody said, how are you going to start a church in St. Louis? People are going to drive to St. Louis. I said, we're going to load up a bus. We're going to load up vans. We're going to do carpool. We're going to do whatever it takes. We don't send a man and woman down there to pastor or start a church all by themselves. We're taking musicians and praisers and singers. We're taking Bible study teachers. We're going to help them. Help them, help them, help them. That's why we're in training now. That's why we're getting ready now. Yet demons in that. I cast him out in the name of Jesus. You see, the devil doesn't like it. We don't care. This means war. I don't care what the devil likes. I don't care what he doesn't like. Heard a sermon Thursday nights called Torment the Tormentor. You know what? I think we ought to start tormenting the devil more. When you're going down the road, undo that window and just yell out, In Jesus' name! There, devil, you like that? He may have been a million miles from you, but you just had to give him a little shake, a little torment. Work him over a little bit every day. Keep working him over because the longer you work him over, the stronger you get over him. And the stronger you get over him, listen, when you're down the road 20 or 30 years, we still don't want to be feeding you milk. We still don't want to be trying to burp you all the time. We want to have you on T-bones and sirloin and filet mignon, as they say in Arkansas. We want you to be chewing on it. We want you to be chomping on it. We want you to be a man and woman of God. Hallelujah, like Paul said to Timothy. Ready to, ready in season, out of season, ready to reprove, rebuke with all long suffering, doctrine, and all that business. I know, Brother Fitch, I just put about four of them together there. It's okay. It's going to be all right. It's the word. Hallelujah. I want you to be a soldier, a man of God. I want you to be a woman of God. I want these young people to grow up and take our places as strong men and women of God, building strong Christian families. Hallelujah. Having Holy Ghost-filled wives and husbands, Holy Ghost-filled children. Hallelujah. Loving the Lord and continuing to build the kingdom. That's why we're in training now. That's why it's a fight now. Oh, but let me tell you, dear friends, it is worth the fight. Hallelujah. Stand and look at your neighbor and say, it is worth the fight. Because as you will notice, as you will notice, the devil got kicked out of heaven to the air, prince and power of the air. Revelation, he will be booted down to the earth. 
Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. And then from there he will go to the to hell. He will be held in hell for a thousand years. He will be loosed for a short season. Then he will be cast in the lake of fire forever and ever. The devil's going down and we're going up. So you're going to win. You just got to believe that you're going to win. Hallelujah. Now here's what we want to do. Let's get in family units. Okay? Find your family. If you don't have any family here, there's going to be other people I want you to bind together with brothers and sisters. Okay? Come on. Get out here and get it fine. Up here. Come up front. Get out in an aisle. Get your family. Moms, get your kids. Dads, get your kids. Skinny Benny, get over here. You and... DJ with Rob and Rose. Yeah. Get in a circle. Hold hands. Or put your there. Yeah. Let's let's hold hands. Get in a circle. All right. Everybody's got some family. Pete, anybody adopt you? all get in family. Adi, you want to bring in your kitties and Brandon? Bring them on in here. They'll be all right. Come on. I want you to be a soldier. I want you to fight. I want you to be strong. Dustin, Michaela, come on down. You don't have to stay up there in the deer stand. I want you to be aware that the devil is out to get your family. He's out to get you. But he's not going to get you. You're going to stay strong in the Lord. It's going to happen. You're going to be victorious. And we're going to pray. Oh, yeah, we got a Smith family here, don't we? Now let's pray. Dads, I want you to pray first. You follow my lead. And Amy, you're going to pray for the women. All right? Boy, that was a good look. Deer in the headlights. I'm going to pray with the men. They're going to follow me. And the women, then you're going to pray and the women are going to follow you. All right? Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every father, dad, husband, man, and young man right now in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that you would help us dads not to be lazy and help us lord not to be inept at spiritual leadership but i pray god that you would give us the fortitude to lead our home spiritually in the name of jesus that we would be the spiritual leader that we would set the tone and the agenda for our home for our wives and our children to follow after and for them god to be successful in their walk with you i pray for every man right now every man that may need a job or need a better job, more pay, a raise, an increase. I pray that into existence right now. I pray health into his body, that, Lord, he would stay strong 
healthy and in, in the physical sense that God he would be able to make a living for his family and provide for them in the name of Jesus I pray diseases be healed out of his body now in the name of the Lord I pray his mind would become sharp Lord that he can work smarter and not harder I pray in the name of Jesus that God you would give him a love for his children that he's never experienced before that you would give him father in the name of Jesus a desire Lord to spend time with his wife and time with his children in the name of Jesus and I pray in Jesus name for every man in this house I pray for every young man every boy right now that they would grow up to be strong men of God ready to fight ready to serve you ready to do God what you have called them to do I pray that you would talk to them in dreams and visions I pray Lord that your destiny in their lives those young boys lives God would come to pass in Jesus name that the devil keeps his nasty hands off of their dream in Jesus name and I pray for the men God I pray that Lord a lot of times our dreams are put aside because we're just providing that's all we can get done is just provide but I pray in Jesus name that God the destiny that you've called over every man would be done in Jesus name in Jesus name make us God the priest of our home let us lead Lord in love not in an iron fist let us lead Lord in compassion Lord not an overbearing but loving God as Christ loved the church and we pray this in Jesus name hallelujah I pray for every lady in this church God I pray Lord that as Lord, we stand in the gap for our children and for our husbands. Yes, God, I pray God, in the name of Jesus that you would give us the burden to stand in the gap and to pray the pressures and the stress that is on the shoulders of our husbands, God, trying to survive in this world and make the money to pay the bills and trying to just get it all together and to keep it all together. Let us see that and the, take the burden upon ourselves that while they're out supporting us, that we're on our knees and we're praying for them, that the Lord would keep his angels about them and keep him safe and keep him healthy and in the right mind. God, as the woman, I pray that we would stand and that we would just stand in the gap, God. And I pray, Lord, that we would be submitted to our husbands and not to be beat over the head and to be ground down, but, Lord, to stand behind him and to hold him up as a help me. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that we would be just that strong pillar that would stand in the home and we would stand for our children and we would stand for our husbands, the things that comes, they're out front and the fiery darts are coming at them. But if we're in the back and we're protecting them and covering them with prayer in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that we would see, Lord, that sometimes when we're out working also, it's not all that we get to stay home like like it used to be, God. And those who get to, I pray in the name of Jesus that the drudgery of the laundry and all that, it would not be that they would see that their, their job is to cover their family and to take care of the family. And as they're folding those clothes, they would be praying for that child or that husband and they would be doing warfare for them. And God, as we're out, maybe some of us are having to be out and we're working, God. I pray, Lord, that we would always stay in this mindset of prayer, God. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to stand firm, God, in the 
Now let's pray together as a family. Lord, we are about to leave here, God, but we ask that your special anointing be on each and every home in the name of Jesus. My God, my God, protect us, Lord, as we travel on the highways. Protect us at our jobs. Protect the kids in school, Lord, in the next few weeks as it starts back up. Protect them in the name of Jesus. Protect them in the name of Jesus from evil. Deliver them from evil, God, the evil of the school in the name of the Lord and the things that the enemy would throw at them. God, keep a hedge built around our children and our family in Jesus' name. We pray this in Jesus' name. And God, I pray that our homes would become habitations of your presence. Let our homes become habitations of your presence, Lord, in the name of Jesus. God, the past hurts that we have dealt with and the past offenses and sufferings, then, Lord, in Jesus' name, flush them out of us. Flush them out of us, Lord, with your spirit. Oh, God, the past is the past. And I cannot spend time talking about my past because it simply steals time from talking about my future. And, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name a spiritual awakening in every family. Let there be a spiritual awakening in every family. I pray, God, that you would take our prayer language and multiply it in the name of Jesus and intensify it in the name of Jesus and let us pray in the Spirit more, both husband and wife and children. Let us depend more on you than we ever have in the name of Jesus. Bring God jobs and promotions and raises to your people. Jobs that we never heard of, Lord. Bring them in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, add to this body, add to this body from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Let the house be full. And God, use us for your glory. We pray it in Jesus' name. Oh, let's give the Lord some praise. Would you do it? Oh, glory, 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 glory. Yes. Oh, Lord, and make us praisers and make us worshipers, Lord. Let us be worshipers. Make this church, God, live up to its name as a worship center. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't forget, Tuesday night and Wednesday night prayer here at 7 o'clock. Fasting Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Class with Brother Fitch Thursday. Manpower video cast Thursday and Saturday morning. 10, biscuits and gravy. Saturday morning. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord. Yes. Also, don't forget food pantry. Food pantry Saturday morning. Be here by 8.30, 8.45.